Adam knows what his number is. What do you think it might be? Enneagram number? Yeah. I would guess, Adam, you are maybe an eight. Ah! Oh, <laughs> that's what I always tested as when I was in New Hampshire. Um, maybe that's why. <laughs> it was at my least healthy. But um, I was my second guess was two. It's a five. Five. Yeah. Yeah, I see that wow. so clearly. Yep. I feel like I've, I had interacted with Jessa on Twitter about that once, and I'd learned that, but I forgot. That makes sense. She, she does love her Enneagram. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly, a podcast that gives you the tools that you need to invest in this season of your life. Join life coach Kelly Tibbetts as she interviews inspiring leaders who help you identify your why, name your strengths, and value your energy, soul, and thoughts. This podcast will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. So today we have together for the first time in a long time, two of my favorite people. So Jeff Dowerpool, Adam Butler, welcome to Coaching with Kelly. Glad that you are here. We're going to start today with just a little conversation. Jeff is the producer of my podcast and also somebody who had been mentored by Adam. Adam and I were co-workers, but he is one of the pivotal people who helped me believe in my own leadership. So Adam, first want to just introduce you to everybody. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. And it's, I know your listeners can't, can't see you, but it's so good to see your faces for the first time. I know. Um, I am a, yeah, I, <laughs> where to begin? It's been too long. Um, I live in Washington. Um, I currently operate a warehouse, which is far different than I was doing, um, and, and coach soccer, which um, is what brought me out here, um, coaching girls soccer. And, and so going on a podcast called Coaching with Kelly was kind of funny because um, my assistant coach, his name is Kelly. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and so I was like, Oh, I'm going on coaching with Kelly. And, and he was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> Am I on this? <laughs> well, I think that's what's so fun is we're both doing the same thing. We're both in ministry. Jeff was in ministry. Yeah. We're all in ministry once and now we're doing different things, but you and I are both coaching. So yeah, Jeff and Adam, how did you guys know each other? Well, Adam was my youth pastor in middle school and high school up till my end of my junior year. And you survived somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And had a little bit of an impact on you and your life? Uh, uh, yeah, a bit. Um, <laughs> no, Adam, I mean, we haven't really talked about this because this is probably the first time we're talking since we hung out in Chicago like a decade ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Adam, you were supremely impactful in my life. You, you know, showed me what like living life as an adult Christian uh, in a not... <laughs> uh I don't know in a, in a very real way mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how to say not but like in a in in just like the way of being like a quality human that is still mm -hmm. living a human life in the world and not yeah not like a robotic Christian that I'd seen I greatly appreciate that yeah and so that that in and of itself along with your mentorship your um your presence in my life and at church it was just very impactful and it made me uh, you know, helped me realize my path into ministry and me wanting to work with youth in the church. And yeah, I mean, you were just very pivotal in that. 
Yeah, I would say the same thing. I haven't had the chance to share that with you either, but I would say a big part of, especially my older two daughters, faith, which might look so different than what we thought it was going to look 20 years ago, is because of your authenticity. I think you taught many of us just by living the life you lived, how to be, you know, what we all want to be, which is, you know, authentic followers of Christ, not like Jeff was saying, robotic. So we're super thrilled to have you here. We miss you. It's nice to see you again. So before we began recording, Jeff and I have done a little bit of work with the Enneagram. It helped me understand why I think, feel, and do life the way I do as a two. Your wife, Jessa, is a big fan of it as well. So what number are you and how has it served you to know your Enneagram number, besides the fact that your wife loves to talk about it? Well, uh, she's a nine, but I am a five. So I, you know, it's funny because I, I talked to, to Jessa about, um, my wife, about this just last night and just talking about what a five is and, and that kind of thing. And, and one of the things that she brought up was that the idea that I just, I want everyone to have, sorry, dog barking. Nice. I locked him in a room, but it didn't apparently help. <laughs> Basically, that I'm a very independent person. Um, which can be both good and bad at times, but uh, being, she called it fiercely independent. Mm. Um, and I want others to be independent, which I think is where, you know, when I, when I think about just leadership and life in general, um, my preference is just that, you know, I want to help other people be independent, mm -hmm. partially to help them, partially because it might be a selfish thing and <laughs> it's just easier that way. Well, I think it's good to know that as a five, that emotions are not your favorite and that, you know, understanding your own limits is part of what drives that independence. So you're married to a nine. Jeff, what Enneagram number are you? I am also a nine. <laughs> so I know that type very well. And so tell us a little bit about what it means to be a nine. I mean, it can mean a whole host of things. Uh, recently, it's, it's uh, for me, it's meant really trying to find myself because I've been realizing the nine in me has shut a lot of my own drives out for the sake of other people and for the sake of other um, other drives, other desires. I, 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 put, I, I don't put other people first in a selfless way, but I have done it as a way of numbing myself. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely like the, the vulnerable, unhealthy part of it. But, you know, as a nine generally in my life it is a lot of seeing people's perspectives a lot of desiring and pursuing peace and security you know routine is good and helpful and wonderful uh, for me and uh, embracing that but also learning how to be comfortable breaking from that yeah and so that's the beauty of the enneagram it gives us some language adam did you notice anything similar in how jessa does life and what jeff yeah, is saying yeah for sure um I actually just listened to the uh, last week or so um, where, where Jeff was talking about his number on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, like, I hear Jessa so much in this, uh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's something that has always, or not always, I guess since, you know, since we were working together has been something that I've been aware of. And yeah, I, I think that for the most part, um, you know, it's helpful to know kind of how I'm wired a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to know that, you know, I was, I was at work this week thinking about a guy who, um, who just kind of needed a little bit of compassion in the middle of the day. And, and I just wanted to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, and trying to find that balance of, of both being, you know, I do actually need you to get stuff done, but also being compassionate in that moment and, and not always having to be efficient, I think mm. is a way that, that I have to 
you know, just kind of be aware of. I think that's incredibly mature for an angry and five to realize sometimes we need to find our feelings and not just be efficient. That's incredibly yeah, powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's why I love the Enneagram. It gives us language for why we think, feel, and do life the way we do. You may be completely surprised that I'm a two and that I'm motivated by helping people. So I'm sure that wasn't anything you noticed when we were <laughs> yeah, together. <never>. So, <laughs> so, well, my goal with this podcast is to help people invest in the season of our life. So when I did all that, you know, b business 101, trying to figure out who my ideal client was, the fun part is two of my current clients are um, former youth ministry people from the church, you know, both of you are from. So in their males. Like, I don't think there's an ideal client that needs mm -hmm. to hear that we need to invest. I think all of us need to know that we are valuable. We're made in the image of God and we're worth investing in. But I'd say I learned that. I don't know how many years ago we worked together, but you used to come on Wednesdays and sit on my porch. And we talked about something called Sabbath, which I had never seen applied to my life. And since that day, so 2003, I have made it part of my life every week. Um, for a season, I was Jeff's supervisor. And it was something probably I said a lot about how important it was to take our rest and our Sabbath important to ourselves. Is that something that you see serving you still? Is it some, I know for me, it has completely kept me able to keep pouring out all these years by first stopping every week and noticing and pouring back into myself. Is it something that has served either of you in these last seasons? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's it's huge. It's the ability to rest um, is something that I probably, it, I guess as a five, I, I was reading about resources and the need to kind of hoard resources. Um, and I think time is one of those things that I, mm. I sometimes just need, I, I hold very tightly to, I guess, because I know what it's like to, to just do way too much mm -hmm. and, and not, and not be effective in that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I think to be able to rest is to say, no, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna stop yeah. um, intentionally, not just calm down or not just take a short break, but I'm gonna stop for a minute. Mm. I um, love that. And the ability to do that is, um, I mean, it, frankly, it's a privilege mm. uh, to be able to do. Right. And, and it's just something that, that human beings need. I mean. I think animals need it too, you know? Exactly, like, right. I mean, you pay enough attention to your pets, they take a lot of Sabbath. <laughs> right, isn't that true? Right, we can learn from them. Jeff, how has Sabbath served you? It has been a challenge to mm. to to rest. I, I, in my integrated self, I moved to three. And mm -hmm. so I also very much like, I don't know if I like being productive as much as I feel as though I need to be productive. So mm -hmm. when I have that off time, I feel guilty for not doing, mm. but then there's also a very strong part of my myself that is, it doesn't have a problem stopping, but uh, finding the joy in rest is harder. Like mm. I have a very easy time numbing out the world, a very, a pretty easy time. Like if, if anxiety is too high or guilt for working is too strong, I will very easily tell myself I need to rest and then just turn on Netflix or, you know, pour a glass of whiskey and not think about anything but yeah it's definitely been a, a, a struggle to find what is truly restful and kelly as we work together you know that i had a hard time really discovering what that is and it's still a struggle it changes every day what what brings joy and rest and true rest yeah it's the centerpiece of what i try to teach on is that we have to understand our energy and our thoughts because mm -hmm. that's what's keeping us from our rest sometimes but adam what have you noticed you're a little bit ahead in the game from Jeff. What would you offer him as he's working on this as someone who's married to a nine? You know, I, I think for, for both of us, 
for my wife and I, it, it's very much just being honest with, with where we are. Um, and I think, you know, during the past year, uh, you know, it's been, we, we left for, for Scotland on March 10th of 2020, um, <laughs> which is insane to me. Um, and then spent, you know, seven, eight days there and then came back to a, a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the midst of that, you know, we were both uh, out of work for a little bit and home mm-hmm. um, and, and couldn't do anything for months. And I know that's, you know, something many millions of people have experienced, but there were definitely times where it was just, okay, we just need to be in, in separate rooms, not because we're in conflict of any kind, mm-hmm. um, just healthier to, to have time apart. Mm-hmm. And then also finding ways to do things together that were also kind of, of restful. Like, you know, you don't always have to be, I, I guess I'll talk about one of my, one of my coworkers who, so I, I work at six o'clock in the morning and there's one other guy who comes in at six and we have an unspoken rule that no one really talks to each other until 8 a.m. <laughs> That's a good rule. Um, and we've actually talked about it like twice ever. And so if anyone's in immediate danger, we can obviously talk because it's a, it's a warehouse situation, but we really don't talk uh, until about 8 a.m. And, and that's when the, uh, there's about four more people who come in. And, and we recently had um, another brewer come in and he was going to do the 6 a.m. brew. And he came in and immediately turned music on. And we were uh. like, oh, buddy, no, hold on. <laughs> we didn't tell you the rules, so it's fine, but no. <laughs> And, and it's funny how I, I see that in relationship too. You know, yeah. I, we do all have unwritten rules in our relationships that, that sometimes, you know, something throws that into to conflict and you're like, hold on a minute. That's, that's not how we do things. And it's taking a step back and saying, okay, am I okay with that? And mm. maybe that's fine. You know, does it really matter? Or, you know, is this actually something we need to, to address? But, you know, being stuck inside of a house together for the better part of at least six months, you know, showed us a lot about about the unwritten rules that we have and, and also, you know, things we needed to address. Yeah. And I do think that's where valuing ourselves enough to to learn how to rest for how that is different for each of us. Some people it is being alone. Some people it is turning on some music and both are fine. But addressing those needs. I know when you were in Scotland, I was so nervous for you because it was like every day you were there it seemed less likely we were going to be able to fly back home. So very glad that you are safe. That, uh, and <laughs> that trip home was, uh, I was terrified. I bet. I bet. Well, the, you know, my next question was life changed a lot over this last year. You are in the Washington area. So you've been maybe a month more. I actually remember, Jeff, I don't know if you remember this. I was in your office and you mm-hmm. had this um, computer thing open with what was happening. And you, oh, yeah. you just looked at me like, oh, I don't think this is. <laughs> Do you remember that day uh, of when this began? Yeah, when we were watching the numbers rise, and yeah. I think we were still doubtful that anything. I was doubtful until I think you and I were still doubtful. Down. Yeah, I think other people knew, and Adam was already in a place. It was, where it, it was was a week later that it was a week it became real. Yeah, that, so we were at least a couple weeks behind you. But what have you both learned in this last season? And Adam, I think you know a great place to start is you're both married. Um, I've been married twenty five years. You've been married. You got married when you came to Bethany, so fifteen. Sixteen. Yeah. I know. That's awesome. Right. So, you know, that was one of the things we learned this season is, hey, these people that we live with matter. All of my adult children moved back home and we 
we're so thankful for the Enneagram because it helped um, us understand each other and where we went in those times of stress to frustration or rejection or attachment. But what if the two of you learned in this season? I can I can speak to that. Uh, yeah. I uh, I mean, this season's been a lot more has changed for <laughs> you for personally and in because of the state of the world, you know, getting married, but also like changing jobs four times yeah. in that season. You know, that's not unique to me in this season either but mm -hmm. um I, i've definitely learned what i do want and what i don't want mm. i've learned to speak up for my own um boundaries my own desires my own my like recognize my needs and actually pursue them pursue mm. my like accessing more of myself and boldly going forward in it instead of sticking with the routine and sticking with what's normal and comfortable and um, a lot of that is thanks to Sarah and, mm. you know, encouraging me to, to do that. But I've also learned it in, in our marriage already of recognizing when I need to say uh, what my needs are and vocalizing mm -hmm. them. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. And that, I mean, that makes sense with the nine. You know, I think one of the things that 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 makes me that reminds me is just how much and, and maybe it is being married to a nine, but uh, how much we have learned to just be actually honest, mm. um, not, not just nice, but mm -hmm. honest, um, because there's, there's very little place to hide. Mm. You know, this isn't a sprawling mansion that I live in. So, you know, we can have our, you know, our separate rooms for a little while or whatever, uh, to hang out in, but the person's still there. And, and, and even, you know, social circles have changed a little bit where, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got kind of my work bubble and, uh, as technically an essential worker, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> I would say a lot of people would say you're essential, actually. <laughs> production is what I'm told. But, you know, there's five people in a company of 70 that, or five to 10 people that could realistically be in the building at any time. And, mm. and you know, you've got that bubble and you've kind of got to protect it. And then, you know, our social circle is basically six to eight people mm -hmm. that you know that we physically see you know at, at one point we built a built we didn't really build anything we put chairs on our front in our nice. driveway essentially um mm -hmm. and made a little uh we called it our covid patio i love it just that so was... that we could have some some right. interaction yeah but i think that's one of the things we learned is how valuable those bubbles those friendships those like i think some of the things that we thought were so important ended up we realized that there wasn't great value and we had been giving a lot of time and energy to it. And then there were things like those bubbles of who do we want to sit on our porch with us? And those are yeah, and, valuable. And, and just have to be honest with, you know, like mm -hmm. you know, there was conflict that came at times mm -hmm. with, with people and conflict in other people's relationships that it's like, okay, we've only got eight people. We can't have seven now. <laughs> right, right, right. To fight for that unity is so powerful. Well, my final question, and I love having the two of you here, is Adam, when I met you, I had grown up um, believing that men and women were created differently and that there was gifts like leadership that were given to men and that women were created differently. And I would say of all the people, and I'm blessed with how many people have spoken into my life, you were the first person I believed. And so you had gone on a conference and you brought me back a tape and you said, no, no, I think you could be a pastor. Like I see it in you and I believe in you. And you, you partnered with me completely. Like I always felt like we were complete 
partners. There wasn't like some kind of hierarchy. And then as you left and started this um, next stage of your life, you're out there coaching women again. So I was just wondering if someone is listening and maybe they grew up like me and they didn't understand what they should, which is every single person is made the image of God, equally valuable, 100% valuable. What advice would you give to that young woman on your soccer team or someone that you may have met as they begin to lead? And then the other part of the question is, we're sitting here today, these th the three of us, and I see this beautiful picture of how we were created to mentor each other. And it's not a hierarchy. It is very much a circle of pouring into each other. So, you know, you poured into me and I poured into you and I poured into Jeff and Jeff's poured into me. And it's this beautiful circle. What do you encourage people to do as they're looking for those mentors? So first of all, what do you say to the young female who is starting to believe in her own leadership? And second, how do you um, encourage people to find mentorship, especially in this kind of season? I think with uh, one of the things I love about coaching um, mm. is being able to to pull someone aside and have a have a direct conversation that that impacts them, whether it's on a sports field or or you know in a different environment, to be able to say you can actually do one more than you think you can, mm. and to to kind of speak to self doubt. Um, and say, are, are you holding yourself back mm. or is someone else actually holding you back? Mm. But then to also be able to, 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 you know, with, with sports coach put that player back on the field and then actually stand up for their right to do that, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, with, you know, when I think of empowerment, um, I think of, of telling someone they can do something, you know, that, you, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I told you anything unique. I think I just saw you for who you are. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the second step to that and where, um, frankly, where privilege comes into it is that, you know, as a, as a male to then have to, there's times when you have to step out of the way mm -hmm. or step in the way in some ways um, and, and make sure that the opportunity is actually there. And yeah, but, but to someone experiencing self-doubt you know i would simply say what's what's actually holding you back mm -hmm. is it is it you is it a system mm. uh, it's a system i think we need to find a way to break that down yeah if it's you know if it's personal then that's when you know we need we need to have someone be like no you are actually completely capable of everything that i i mean there's nothing there's absolutely nothing holding holding you back other than maybe systems. Well, I love that. I think it's two things, systems and mindset. And so coaches can help with the mindset and all of us were created to break down systems that are broken. Jeff, um, Adam was one of those big people in your life. And I love that he didn't necessarily even know how much of a role he played as a mentor in your life, because it's not something where we stop every week and we realize, oh, this conversation was so valuable. This person's impacting me. And then you did this thing where Adam poured into you and you poured into others. And I loved watching all of those students who, like Adam was describing, some of it was system and some of it was mindset. And you would meet them in the hallway and address those and help them to stand in their wisdom. What advice do you have for some of those people who are, you know, this last year, maybe they didn't have connections with people like you to pour into them and they're living in that place of not being sure. What would you offer them? I'm thinking of several of the people that you would mentor every weekend who now have spent a whole year without being able to be in that church yeah. and hear from you. What would you offer them? Adam gave a very good response that I think is hard to, nothing mm. has to be topped, but that felt like a very culminative, culminative, mm -hmm. I can't, what is that word? 
culminating uh, final word. So mm. I, I, I'm having a hard time finding something to follow it up with. But yeah, I think it is, it is, man, self-doubt really hit the nail on the head. Um, mm. I think a lot of us doubt ourselves. A lot of us, a lot of people don't realize what they already have within them. A lot of people are just need to access that part of themselves and recognize that that nobody else has to give them authority for them to take it. Mm. And I know that that can easily go too far the other way. A lot of people have taken too much authority without <laughs> without being given that space. But I think for for the people that are are listening to this podcast are often um, not to speak any kind of way of your listeners. I don't know, I, I, but I imagine people seeking a coaching podcast are the same people that need the same advice that I got that mm. I, I need, which is it's already there. You have a voice and it's okay to use it. Oh, I love that so much. That is a really good word between the two of you. So we only have a few more moments left, a few more moments left. Adam, if someone wanted to um, learn a little bit more about the company you work at, I think that'd be kind of fun. So you work for a brewery. Tell us a little bit about it. I do. I work at uh, Icicle Brewing Company in Leavenworth, Washington, which is a Bavarian uh, themed town. In in Washington state. It's a regional brewery still in Washington and Idaho, but it's uh, actually a female owned brewery. Nice. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a great place to work a good, good company, uh, work for really good people. And, and um, actually Jessa is going to start working for us in two weeks. So. That's fabulous. Yeah. My, I think that's one of my, I have, you know, older adult children now and beer tasting beer tours are turning into like a big fun thing for them. So I'm actually starting a, a beer sensory training in a few weeks where I am going to be in charge of, of teaching people how to like really smell for different flavors and that kind of thing. Are um, you going to do this online so we can all learn with you? I, that would be nice, but I would have to be able to ship beer and that's not legal. So. Oh, that stinks. Okay. <laughs> well, we can still figure yeah. out a way to somehow get out to Washington and see you. So, well, before we close, I just want to thank you both. Um, usually I have a moment where everybody can share a little bit, but I want to end today. And I want to thank you both for being, I don't want to be emotional, but so important so impactful in my life. And so for everyone who's listening, I hope that the time today helps you live a brave, creative, purposeful life, taking the advice that Adam and Jeff have shared that what you need is already in you. And look for those mentors. They don't have to be older than you. Both of you are younger than me and have spoke so much life into me. But look for mentors and then go out of your way to be a mentor. I love the example that's here of what a circle looks like where we can pour into each other. So thank you guys for being here today. Thanks for listening to Coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for more conversations on how to truly invest in this season of your life. For more information, or if you would like Kelly Tibbetts to be your life coach, you can find Kelly Tibbetts Life Coach on Facebook, or you can visit kellytibbetts.com.